Welcome to our podcast. I am Linda Messer. My husband Ron and I invite you to join us in our weekly broadcast of A New Voice of Freedom. Welcome to Season 4 of A New Voice of Freedom, written by Ronald Keith Messer. This podcast is part of a series we call Stories of the New Testament, an appendage to a series of books written under the banner In Defense of Christianity. Podcast 169 examines Matthew chapter 21, 12 through 16, part 2, Cleansing of the Temple. Twice the Lord cleansed the temple. In John 2, the Apostle John describes the first cleansing. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables, and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house an house of merchandise. In Matthew 21, Matthew describes the second cleansing. And Jesus went into the temple of God, and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money changers, and the seats of them that sold doves, and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Temples have always been at the heart of Jewish culture, and an important part of Christianity. The prophets would go up upon the mountain. It was upon Mount Sinai that Moses saw God. It was also upon the mount that Moses received the Ten Commandments. It was upon a mount that Abraham was commanded to offer his son Isaac. It is the same mount upon which Jerusalem, including Solomon's temple, was built. But temple worship dates back thousands of years. If you look up the word ziggurat in Wikipedia, you find the following. The word ziggurat comes from ziggurattim, high pinnacle in ancient Assyrian. From Zacharim to be high up, the Sumerians believed that the god lived in the temple at the top of the ziggurats, so only priests and other highly respected individuals could enter. Before the Temple of Solomon was built, the Israelites put the Ark of the Covenant in a tent and carried it across the desert. The tent symbolized the temple. The temple was considered the house of the Lord. In 2 Samuel 7 we read, And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me a house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. And when thy days shall be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, 
and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Notice the Lord said he had walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. A temple is the Lord's house. We can understand why Jesus cleansed the temple, because its practices had become corrupted. He said they should not make his father's house and house of merchandise. Then he defines one of the purposes of the temple. My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Notice that the Savior used the definite article the rather than the indefinite article a or an. He called it the house of prayer. That elevates temples above churches or cathedrals or chapels or other houses of worship. It was a unique place in religious worship. King Solomon elaborately described some of the purposes of the temple when he dedicated the temple he had built. It is found in 1 Kings 8. I shall only present excerpts. We learn that the temple is dedicated to the Lord and set apart as a house of the Lord. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief of the fathers of the children of Israel, unto King Solomon in Jerusalem, that they might bring up the ark of the covenant of the Lord out of the city of David, which is Zion. The greatest treasure in Solomon's temple was the Ark of the Covenant. The temple is also a place of covenant. And the priests brought in the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord unto his place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their two wings over the place of the Ark, and the cherubims cover the Ark, and the staves thereof above. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone, which Moses put there at Horeb when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they came out of the land of Egypt. We also learn that the Lord dwells in the temple, even personally visiting the temple. As with the children of Israel, when they crossed the desert, the Lord manifested his presence with a cloud. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of the Lord. Then spake Solomon, The Lord said that he would dwell in the thick darkness. I have surely built thee an house to dwell in, a settled place for thee to abide in forever. David wanted to build the temple, and it was King David who gathered materials. But David was forbidden by the Lord. It was left to his son Solomon through revelation to build the temple. And the king turned his face about and blessed all the congregation of Israel. And all the congregation of Israel stood. And the Lord hath performed his word that he spake. And I am risen up in the room of David my father and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised and have built an house for the name of the Lord God of Israel. The temple is a place where covenants are made with the Lord. And I have set there a place for the ark, wherein is the covenant of the Lord, which he made with our fathers when he brought them out of the land of Egypt. Solomon dedicates the temple before all Israel, thus setting it apart from all of the houses of worship. And Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in the presence of all the congregation of Israel and spread forth his hands toward heaven. Those who attend the temple make covenants with the Lord that they will walk before the Lord 
as David walked before the Lord, and keep his commandment. And he said, Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in heaven above or on earth beneath, who keepest covenant and mercy with the servants that walk before thee with all their heart. Therefore now, Lord God of Israel, keep with thy servant David my father, that thou promisedst him, saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit on the throne of Israel, so that thy children take heed to their way, that they walk before me as thou hast walked before me. The temple is a symbol or covenant to the people that God dwells among them on earth. And now, O God of Israel, let thy word, I pray thee, be verified, which thou speakest unto thy servant David, my father. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee, how much less this house that I have builded. King Solomon prays that the Lord will dwell in the house of the Lord, that his name will be there, and that he will listen to his dedicatory prayer. Yet have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant, and to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee today that thine eyes may be open toward this house night and day, even toward the place of which thou hast said, My name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place. Solomon also prays that the prayers of all those who pray while looking upon his holy house will be answered, and their sins will be forgiven. And hearken thou to the supplication of thy servant, and of thy people Israel, when they shall pray toward this place. And hear thou in heaven my dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. Those who come to the temple must be worthy, that is, they must strive to walk in the ways of the Lord. If any man trespass against his neighbor, and an oath be laid upon him to cause him to swear, and the oath come before thine altar in this house, then hear thou in heaven, and do, and judge thy servants, condemning the wicked, to bring his way upon his head, and justifying the righteous, to give him according to his righteousness. Solomon prays for those who have sinned and repented, that they will be forgiven and restored to their covenants. When thy people Israel be smitten down before the enemy, because they have sinned against thee, and shall turn again to thee, and confess thy name, and pray, and make supplication unto thee in this house. Then hear thou in heaven, and forgive the sin of thy people Israel, and bring them again unto the land which thou gavest unto their fathers. The temple is a house of revelation. His prayer was prophetic, for his own foolish son will bring about the division among the house of Israel. Solomon prays that when the people repent and turn back to the holy temple, that the Lord will lift the curse. When heaven is shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against thee, if they pray toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin when thou afflictest them, then hear thou in heaven and forgive the sin of thy servants and of thy people Israel that thou teach them the good way wherein they should walk, and give rain upon thy land, 
which thou hast given to thy people for an inheritance. If there be in the land famine, if there be pestilence, blasting, mildew, locust, or if there be caterpillar, if their enemy besiege them in the land of their cities, whatsoever plague, whatsoever sickness there be, what prayer and supplication soever be made by any man, or by all thy people Israel, which shall know every man the plague of his own heart, and spread forth his hands toward this house. Then hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and forgive, and do, and give to every man according to his ways, whose heart thou knowest, for thou, even thou only, knowest the heart of all the children of men. Solomon prays that the people will fear the Lord always, and that they will always have the promised land. That they may fear thee all the days that they live in the land which thou gavest unto our fathers. Solomon also prays for strangers, that when they come they will feel the spirit of the temple, and know that it is the Lord's house. Moreover concerning a stranger that is not of thy people Israel, but cometh out of a far country for thy name's sake, for they shall hear of thy great name, and of thy strong hand, and of thy stretched out arm, when he shall come and pray toward this house. Hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and do according to all that the stranger calleth to thee for, that all people of the earth may know thy name, to fear thee, as do thy people Israel, and that they may know that this house which I have builded is called by thy name. Solomon prays that regardless of their battles, that when they turn their hearts toward the holy temple, their prayers will be heard, and the Lord will take up their cause. If thy people go out to battle against their enemy, whithersoever thou shalt send them, and shall pray unto the Lord toward the city which thou hast chosen, and toward the house that I have built for thy name, then hear thou in heaven their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause. Thank you for listening. Watch for our next podcast.